Welcome. I'm Connor Beaton, and this is the Man Talk Show, training for men and answers for women. This today is going to be the final segment in the codependency series. And uh, the first episode, we looked at what codependency is. The second episode was how to tell if you were codependent. And this one's going to be breaking free from codependency. So before I dive in, just a quick reminder that Vienna and I have a really great course. It's live right now. Um, if some of you have some free time, which many of us do <laughs> due to the, uh, the lockdown and the shutdowns that are happening right now, definitely go and check out the program that we've put out. It's a six-week program called Get the Love You Want. It's really meant to be the foundational principles of relationships. We talk about family systems, communication, how to turn conflict into connection, setting boundaries with your partner, and exploring the depths of sex and intimacy. So if you have some free time, uh, I would strongly suggest you check out this program. We've put nearly a thousand people through it, and it has radically changed lives and relationships. So you can find that either at Man Talks on Instagram, at MindfulMFT on Instagram, that's Vienna's profile, or at ConnorBeaton.com. So with the housekeeping out of the way, uh, let's just dive into this, as I feel like this is a, a topic that many people uh, have been asking me about, asking me how to break free. So let's just uh, revisit what the definition of codependency is. So the, the dictionary defines codependency as a person with an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. And codependency, and this is not in the dictionary, but codependency can be somewhat uh, insidious. It can be somewhat tricky and manipulative. And from what I have learned in working with hundreds and thousands of people now is that codependency can be really hidden. It's, it's quite interesting. Uh, I've also noticed that more couples display codependent behaviors and habits than you might think. It's actually quite a more common uh, thing, mostly because codependency isn't just this sort of like blanket statement of like your whole relationship is codependent or your whole being is codependent. That's not necessarily the case. In some ways, you and your partner might be codependent. So you might be codependent on one another financially, or you might be codependent emotionally, or you might be codependent uh, from a developmental standpoint. And so you can be codependent in one area of your relationship and the rest of it be okay. Or for some people that have a more uh, that have a, a more sort of severe codependency can show up in a multitude of ways. So codependency can really trick us into believing that we are not necessarily whole without our significant other or any significant other. And I think that's why codependency is a, such a challenging thing to recognize because it feels like we need the other person in some way, shape, or form in order to be okay, in order to be safe, in order to feel like we're enough, or in order to feel like we are confident and performing well. I noticed that for a lot of men, especially, that are codependent, a really easy sign that we've talked about in the past is that uh, a man's confidence and okayness, but his confidence and his value value and his ability to perform is, is very much dependent on the validation that he gets from his partner. And I keep thinking about one of the, one of my favorite quotes of all time is quote, uh, a quote by Rumi. And Rumi said, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. 
So again, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And I love this quote. I love this quote because this really is the work of shadow work, right? It It is to seek within us the barriers, the blocks, the blockades, the obstacles, the you know, self-loathing and hatred that, that we have aimed against ourselves that blocks our ability to love the people around us, the world, our careers, our jobs, our businesses, our, our customers and clients, whatever it is, but also blocks us from being able to receive it. So how would the world look? How would we all look if we actually did this? And that is an incredible uh, question for us to answer. And I think one of the other things that that I've been thinking about is is the 12-step program, which a lot of people have gone through. Uh, in the 12-step program, people are encouraged to write a list of the ideals, the quote-unquote ideals um, that they have in mind for a partner. And I've heard of uh, people in the 12-step program uh, say sometimes, you know, our ideals, our ideal lists uh, are so much less about what we want the other person to be and all about who we should be in a relationship. And for a lot of people, I think this is a, a big one. So it's less about the partner that we want to attract and the person that we want to become in order to attract the right partner. So maybe we think, need to think about being more emotionally available and communicative in order to attract the type of people that we want. So let's talk about breaking free from codependency. What is important? Well, I have three things for you. The first one are the three R's, research, recognize, and rewire. So the first one is read, research codependency. Research what codependency is. If you if you want, obviously go back and listen to the previous two podcasts on this. Um, I did some extensive research just to be able to bring this information to you. Um, but research specifically your codependent origin story. Where has that codependency come from? For some people, from for some men that I've noticed, it's the relationship with their mother. It's the relationship with the feminine entity in their life and the way that their mother nurtured them or caretook them or gave them validation or didn't. For some men, it's a lack of physical intimacy that they got in their childhood, that they are seeking that from their from their partners. For other men, it's that they had a very controlling uh, sort of mother figure that was sort of constantly, uh, you know, using their son, using their their child or children, uh, can be a son or a daughter, to be their emotional caretaker, right? And that can happen for fathers as well, um, but I've just seen it be a more constant from the maternal figure. So what's your origin story of codependency? Is that what was prominent in your family system? Did you have a parent that relied on you from a very young age to be their sort of uh, caretaker or nurturer or emotional processing center? The second is recognize your patterns. So as I like to say, your past pain will equal your future fears, your future uh, failures. And so start to recognize your patterns. How is that codependency showing up in your relationship, right? If if you had a, a mother who was overly reliant on you emotionally and would overshare and sort of needed you to caretake her in some way, shape, or form, how does that show up in your current relationship, right? Do you Are you uh, repeating that pattern? Are you getting in relationships with women who are who need you more than is healthy 
And are you getting validation from that neediness? I think a lot of men confuse providing uh, with codependency sometimes, especially when they don't know the difference, because it can feel incredible to have someone who needs us to provide for them, to protect them. But that can very quickly uh, turn into something that is enmeshed and unhealthy, and there's no boundaries. So recognize your patterns, start to see how it shows up in your current relationship and start to see, you know, are you trying to fix everything that is happening in your partner's life? Are you trying to, you know, force them to uh, abide by what they say they want? Are you trying to force them to go to the gym? Are you trying to force them to make more money? Are you trying to force them to do these things because you want to find value in yourself as a partner by getting them to do something? Uh, and lastly, so research, recognize your patterns, and then rewire. Start to choose different. Notice where you are seeking or needing or clinging to that validation from your partner and start to let it go and consciously, consciously choose and say, you know what, and, and label it to your partner. Literally say, I think that I have been maybe a little bit enmeshed or codependent in this way. And I've been seeking validation from you in this way. And I'm going to let go of that. I'm going to let go of the need of so much sexual validation from you. I'm going to let go of the need for so much uh, emotional caretaking from you. And I'm going to start to take care of my own needs and ask for what I want, ask for what I need, but not de not be dependent on you. So the rewiring process requires you to research uh, understand your origin story, recognize the patterns that are showing up in a relationship, and then starting to choose differently. Outside of that, outside of the three R's, I'm going to give you two more things. The second way, and this is, and, and I'm going to be pretty honest, in the past, I was definitely in some codependent relationships. I got a lot of validation. I think you've heard me talk about this before. I got a lot of validation uh, from sex, specifically within relationships, and was constantly sort of needing that sexual validation to feel good about myself uh, in many ways. It, it, it was the thing that propped up my confidence. It was a thing that made me feel better if I was low. It, may, it was the thing that made me feel powerful. And so part of my letting go of that sort of codependent validation and reliance on my partners emotionally and sexually and intellectually was to learn how to develop, and this is the second piece, learn how to develop the emotional connectivity with the self. So one of the things that I started to realize was that I was actually pretty crappy at understanding what I was feeling emotionally. And when I didn't understand how I was feeling or if that anger or sadness or loneliness or whatever I was feeling emotionally would come up, I wasn't tuned into it. And not only was I not tuned into it, when I did tune into it, I, have n I had no idea, none whatsoever, what to do with it. And so I was constantly trying to find ways to run from it or to get reassurance that I was okay. So the second piece is being able to learn to develop and cultivate emotional connectivity with the self. That can be through journaling and consciously writing out, okay, how am I feeling today? And, you know, there's a lot of anger. I'm frustrated because of what's happening with the stock market and the fact that I've been sitting at home for two weeks and, you know, and just start to like really tune into your emotional intelligence, the intelligence that's, that's coming from your emotional body and learn how to read that code right? Your, in, your intelligence, your IQ is just a form of data processing, right? When you see or hear your thoughts and you are, you know, critically analyzing a problem or an equation, that is a form of data processing. 
And your emotional intelligence is the exact same thing. When you start to tune into your emotions, it is just another form of reading data, of reading information. And you can get quite proficient at learning to read and translate and understand the information of the heart, the information of the emotional body, right? So you have three, in my opinion, you have three forms of intelligence. You have your intellectual intelligence, your intellectual quotient. You have your emotional quotient, and that comes from your heart. And then you have your intellectual, or sorry, intuitional quotient. And that is from your gut, right? That's your gut level intuition. So for me, there's three different forms of intelligence that we have to learn how to uh, read, how to, how to translate, and, and how to understand them. And each one needs a, a very specific focus. And for most of us men, we've just been taught to over-index the intellectual quotient and that we can figure everything out from there. Most of the men that come and work with me have realized that this is virtually impossible. <laughs> and, and suddenly they're like, holy shit, there are other forms of intelligence within me, an EQ and uh, an intuitional quotient of sorts, like listen to my gut. And I've never learned how to do that. And so a lot of the work that I do is teaching men how to actually listen to their emotional body, their emotional quotient, elevating that EQ, but also elevating their intuitional quotient, being able to tune into their gut. Uh, so learn how to develop your emotional connectivity, journaling, meditation, tune in with yourself, set a daily alarm on your phone. Uh, this is one that I did for a long time. I would journal every single day and I would have alarm go off three times in a day and it would say, how am I feeling? And in that moment, I would pause and I would tune in and I don't know was an acceptable answer. I had to sit until I tuned into, oh, I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling good or <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of love and, and appreciation, gratitude in my life right now. Uh, and last but not least, learn how to be alone without your loneliness. So most people are running from their inadequacies and shortcomings. And the codependency in their life is there as a sort of uh, safeguard from having to feel that loneliness. And most people just don't know how to actually be alone. And so one of the greatest things that you can do is to start to meet the you that is there when you are by yourself. Because most people are conditioned to distract themselves. Most people are conditioned to, when they're by themselves, to you know, sit on their phone and scroll through Instagram or Facebook or, you know, watch YouTube videos or binge Netflix or whatever. Maybe, maybe you're more of an extrovert and you're out there having drinks and partying and, and whatnot just to distract yourself from meeting the you that shows up when you're alone. And for most people, this is where their sort of shadow really shines forward is in their loneliness, right? That's where a lot of hidden behaviors are, is where a lot of people will watch the porn or have a drink or get high or, you know, do the behaviors that they don't want to talk to other people about, um, but let themselves get away with. So meet that part of yourself. Learn to be alone with your loneliness and without it, all right? And that can come through meditation. Um, I do a silent retreat every year where I go by myself for at least a couple of days somewhere. It can be out in the wilderness, out in nature, out and, out and uh, you know, rent some property or go camping and just be with myself in a journal and a book and that's it. And it is one of my favorite times of the year because it is a very powerful experience. So those are my pieces. Just to recap, one, research your codependent origin story. Two, recognize your patterns. 
three, rewire. And then after that, learn to develop your emotional connectivity with the self. That's developing your emotional quotient. And third, learn to be alone with and without your loneliness. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please do share this podcast episode with just one person. It goes a long way. Uh, don't forget to leave us a rating and review. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.